Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here, drink a beer and play a game, and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour Podcast. Yes, hello everybody, how you doing out there? Welcome to episode 218, thank you for joining us tonight. Brian, how you doing? Uh, well, Chambers, I am, uh... No one cares. Get... Son of a fuck. I am I'm back on my kick of beer, and I'm happy to be here with that. Uh, it's been... Whew. I don't even know the last time I've had a beer. Because the last time we did this, I did my mead. But um, going light here, Jambers. But a local brew. And I'm curious if it's one you've ever had. I'm starting off with the Free Will Brewing Company's Medieval Wit. Um, so, once again, awesome can work. It's got, like, the skeletal hand done in the stained glass style. Um, and anyone who knows who's had the wit beers, also usually referred to as wheat beers, it's a Belgian-style white ale with orange peel and coriander. Comes in at 5.1% and free will, which is brewed right out of our local Percocy. When Jim and I have been there many a time and have had many of their brews. Yep. But you don't know if you've had this one, it looks like. I might have, like, whenever I've been to free will, I've always just, like, tried a bunch of stuff in there. So I don't know... Judging by, like, and it's been a long time too. So I yeah. could have had it. Like, if it's relatively new, then I probably haven't had it. But if it's older, then I might have had it before. Yeah, I think it's one of their older recipes. Obviously, the can design is new, but this style right here is my de facto. Like, if I think of a summer style I, I like the most, I tend to go with the German styles, like Hefeweizens and whatnot. But a Belgian white, oh, it just has that nice orange but enough flavor and the coriander which i'll be honest i've had a gazillion beers i still don't really know what coriander tastes like i know it's the shit that grows out the top of cilantro when it uh flowers yeah stupid i don't know anything about it as far as the flavor profile so i do maybe it's kind of that peppery flavor i get but i love a belgian white they go down super smooth very hazy but no like almost barely any lacing that actually lasts yeah and uh no sediment which is always a plus so yeah here here nice and i am drinking from the other half brewery it is the pennsylvania daybreak double dry hopped ipa imperial ipa that and this Mm. is a hazy bastard like it basically looks like orange juice yeah, and, it actually does. Yeah, it looks like like there's a little bit of lacing at the top, so it does stick around to the top of the glass. Aroma? I think you got that citrusy in there. So it's definitely on the hazy end. And uh, let's see here. 8% alcohol. Ooh, boy. Ooh, 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 O'Brien. Uh-uh. Lucky day. Ah, oh, <laughs> Me, 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 me. Right. Those cummies out your throat. Go ahead. Well, we did just talk about a beautiful crusty corner of a segment, so we'll be getting to that. But Brian, just like Daybreak follows night, this collaboration with our friends at New Trail Brewing follows up on our previous collab with them, Pennsylvania Nights. Notes of dank strawberry, tropical fruit, orange, lychee, and lemon lime. Lick? Lychee? How the hell do you say that? Lychee. Lychee? Okay, whatever it is. <laughs> Jim. Can I say I, I I understand the term dank? I don't like now how often it's being used as an adjective for flavors. Right. Dank strawberry. I don't like it. That's not that. Dank describes like an entire thing. You don't just 
put it to strawberry or one fruit. Like, you just don't do that. I don't like it, Jim. I don't like it. They do it. Uh, Maybe your other half would like it more. Like, name the brewery. Maybe if if they had the first half. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. I don't care enough to keep the bit going. (laughs) Jim, keep the bit going. No, tapping out. (laughs) Fuck you. Jim. (laughs) I just want more of my crab cake. God damn it. Jim, all right, you spoke about orange juice. I do have a question now. Yeah. Are you... Have I ever done a beer mosa? I don't think so. That was not the goddamn question, and I hate that that's a thing as well. Um, Are you normal and do no pulp, or are you one of those assholes that do pulp? No, fuck pulp. I don't... don't, You have to be... Like, I'm I'm a black coffee kind of guy. That's psychopath enough as is, but I am not a pulp in my orange juice guy. Get the... Why do you want it to crunch? Why do, you, why do you want, like, stringies everywhere? I was going to say, I don't think there's really a crunch versus just stringies as you're putting them. Um, yeah. I, I, from I, the dollar I, store, you'll have some crunch. D- what? Why would you ever buy orange juice from the dollar store, Jim? Desperate times, Brian. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sometimes um, you need your sugars back in you after a long night of drinking. Listen, what I'll say is, if you're someone who makes a shit at home and there's some leftover, fine. But if you buy that shit, especially the ones with like extra pulp or whatever, no, nope, there's something wrong with you. Just I'm just calling it. That's all I'm saying, Jim. Yeah, who who's ever like taking a sip and being like, oh, that's good. Psychos, Jim, like you. That's why I asked the question. Hey, even I'm not that bad <laughs> yet. <laughs> Time will tell. Time will but, tell. But Chambers, speaking of being that bad. How's your Tetris game play going? What Tetris? I haven't touched a fucking video game all week. <laughs> haven't even haven't even unlocked a home screen on my Switch. Haven't done dick. Nothing. Not okay. a goddamn well, thing. Still busy with the house? <laughs> sure goddamn am. How's the game room coming along, Jim? It's going to be the last goddamn thing. Which is fun because it's the room that's not being touched. But, Bri, I did. You know what, Bri? This, you're going to hear a phrase that I never thought I'd ever say. Uh-oh. I feel bad for people in California. Because I made the mistake of I had to buy a lawnmower and we we're checking out deals. Home Depot. And I was like, all right. They had a big sale, like 300 bucks off this electric lawnmower. Had 13,000 reviews, four and a half stars. I was like, I mean, I know you can buy reviews, but there can't be this many bought reviews. Front of the box likes to sit there and say two batteries will give you 45 minutes. They gave me four batteries. Says you can get a third of an acre done. That's what I have. <coughs> Right. Fully charged. Dead. 15 minutes. Put in the other pack. 15 minutes? Dead. 15 minutes. I couldn't even do like half of my goddamn lawn with this fucking thing. So. Uh, My only guess would be you have your setting too low and it like if you cause it to overwork, it probably overheats way too fast. Well, it oversucks my dick because that thing's goddamn taken right back. So did you upgrade to gas, I assume? Yeah, what do you call it? A buddy of mine doesn't use his anymore. He pays, you know, some people who might or might not be here, you know, under the correct pretenses. So he doesn't really use his anymore. What are you so, trying to say, Jim? Eh, you know. Canadians? Yeah, we'll go with that. Immigrants. I knew it was damn them. It. Even damn when it was the bears, I knew it was them. God damn it, Jim. But yeah, no, I mean, he gave me this Toro and I was just fucking tearing ass. So, yeah. I feel bad for those Californian fucks who are mandated to have only electric shit now. 
That is a is goddamn that, nightmare. Is that really a mandate? Yeah, they're not allowed to have any uh, like even the uh, like professional contractors they have to use like professional grade electric shit. It seems like a really weird one. Like I don't know how you would upkeep it. Versus, I could see them saying the manufacturers you can't sell them anymore, but like the secondhand gas market has to exist to some degree. Look, Fry, like everything else in this world, I'm very uninformed on the subject. I just see a headline and just go with it. So, I respect it. <laughs> in my world, that's the truth that I choose to live with, Brian. Well, Chambers, in my world, I have gotten back to gaming. Um, actually, as of yesterday, I, I, I finally had some time to myself. I said <clears throat> to the wife, I said, all right, I'm going to need about a couple hours because I need to dive back into Body Harvest. Set aside everything the kids do something else and boy oh boy that fucking game um i am now so i had to restart the game like from level one again because i kept getting to a point and getting these bullshit deaths where i was like i'm just gonna restart there's a very easy cheat menu with that game just so it can let me get to the parts i want to and then i can play it regular but there's no level skip mode. There's still no way to really save except for the processors. And I know I'm getting into the weeds that we'll cover in the review. Yeah. But um, even with the cheat, because one of the things I do is just, it's called a smart bomb. So every time the aliens pop up, I just put it in, kills them. So I can just keep moving. Um, I still have died or gotten stuck even with this. So I'm in Java, the second stage. I'm at the fourth processor. I was an hour into that fourth part of the stage, flying on a plane. I land it, and the mapping of those fucking maps, I'm on a fucking volcano. This plane slides down one side, I slide down the other, I can't go back up, and I die. And there's no saving, and I was right before the processor. it, It just, it was, and that's the second time that's happened. So, that game destroys souls, and... I'm going to go through it. My right. goal is you, to be... Have you been a drowning victim of trying to get back oh, into a boat? And it just absolutely. Not, you, God forbid you're not on that right pixel to hit the button to get back in the boat. Drowning, uh, like I said, caught in volcano fire. Um, my plane hit the invisible barrier of the edge, even though it is colored. A few times I've hit it, nothing happened. I skimmed it this time. Watch the plane blew Brian. up. God damn it. I, I just, I don't... I just don't, like, there's so much about this game that, like, and I I decided, let me watch people who really love this game. And you know what? They all say the same thing. It's a game that had great potential, and it did things, that did it. It's funny none of them talk about how great the gameplay is, Jim, or how great the control is, or anything else about the game. It's all about, well, I feel bad for this game. It could have been better. Doesn't mean it's a good goddamn game. So yeah, we'll be covering all this and more in the review. My goal is to be done with it. Whether I beat it or not is going to determine whether I split this fucking game in half. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. But it's my property. I need it for my shield. I'll give you the ten dollars for it, Tim. But yeah, I uh, that's that's going to be my kind of go to. Um, and I did do a little bit of DVD um, here and there, but outside of that. I'm just happy to be playing. Well, I'm happy I have time to play games. I can't say I'm happy to be playing the game I'm particularly playing. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but that rounds it out. But 
We are doing it because we had it as a request, which we always appreciate from you awesome patrons. So once again, Gemini's obviously personal life has just really fucked us, I feel like, the first half of this year. So we're trying to get caught up with it all. But Jambers, speaking of our patrons, what questions we got this week? Patreon.com slash drink a beer play game, where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask a question that we will answer on each and every single one of these Power Hour podcasts. And for as little as $1 a month, you can get the bonus segments of this podcast, where this week I reviewed Divine Ceiling on the Mega Drive, a classic, somewhat infamous game for the title. It's got booby. And Jambers, you gave it a pretty high crust meter. Yep, there's the review, and then there's the crust meter. So, <laughs> not a potential that, in one. What about the other? The dollar I'm just away. Say, you know. Jim had a stinky belly button for this one. So what questions we got? <laughs> I mean, it's always kind of stinky. Let's be honest here. First up from Michael Soto. This is actually a holdover from last <clears throat> week because the guy didn't late. Are you games? Oh, games. Are you guys going to try the new AEW game? It definitely has that old school no mercy feel and the added benefit of customizable controls. Also thumbtacks. Gotta love slamming people on thumbtacks. Chambers, I mean, let's start with you. You're the one that, between the two of us, watches any type of AEW. And I, and I feel like you kind of like the roster, right? Yeah, I like some of them. I'm like half and half on the roster. I mean, I know you're not going to ever pay full price. But let's say this game's on a decent deal. Do you think you, you're going to go out of your way to play it? Actually, Bri, funny enough, I just want a Twitter giveaway for a code. So oh, shit. once I can set my Xbox back up, I'm going to use the code and give it a go. Because nice. from, from what I'm hearing from everybody, it's um, it definitely plays like No Mercy. It has that feel. It's just ridiculously light on content. Like, the single-player mode, there's barely anything there. Uh, the creator wrestler is very, like, not... It's not like a WWE game. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, But everyone who, everyone's just basically going, yeah, it's a lot of fun, but... So, it definitely doesn't seem like it's a full, worth the full price at this point, but... It seems like it's something that I would have wanted to play eventually anyway, but now I can. Hooray! Is it one of these deals where you're saying slight on content similar to other wrestling games that's like no knock on AEW, but the roster is ultimately light, and maybe if they had some padding of some other wrestling legends, it might have helped it out a lot? Well, um, I mean, maybe, but the people who are really hardcore in AEW don't really care about the legends. But, like, As I mean, much. if you want to sell anything at the end of the day to get any casuals, if you're not in AEW, and not saying they care about that, but how many people are in that game? Maybe 40? I forget how big the roster is, to be honest with you. It's not huge. I, I remember looking at it. I'm like, oh, it's – and I could be wrong with the numbers. Um, 40's probably about right. And I know they're already playing on packs and shit like that for more content for different wrestlers. Yeah. I mean – Here's a question, Jambers. We've seen this now done a few times. Some games, like the Streets of Rage 4, TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, like the kind of return to form of a game style we love can yeah. be done really well. Is No Mercy one of those games where it's like, it's just so fun for the nostalgic folks like you and me, where we might like it and then the gimmick might wear out and there's a reason why it was great in the past and never really continued? Like, do you think newcomers to that style are going to appreciate it like people who grew up with No Mercy? That's a good question because I feel like like the AEW fans out there, like if they like AEW, they love AEW. 
So they'll yeah. look through a lot of flaws. And just to say they like it because they're very brand loyal. Sure. Um, then, but I think there is a place for like a simpler kind of wrestling game. Like mm-hmm. with, you know, simpler button inputs, you know, directional based. More arcadey, more fun. Because like everything doesn't need to be a simulation like WWE 2K. So like I think there's definitely a spot for just like, you know, just straight into the action kind of deal. Less yeah, of a learning now, uh, curve. You can play as the, you know your favorite wrestlers. Right, you can be Orange Cassidy. Finally, I know you've been dreaming of this day. I hate him so. Like of everyone in AEW, I hate him so much. I hate that gimmick. There, it, it's like, it's like that one promotion. I don't know if it is AEW where it's the guy who makes pizzas and fucking throws it up in the air. He's he, like, he, he's just a guy who like travels around the Indies. Though he did show up on AEW one time. It, it, you're not going to tell me the two aren't basically the same. And, like, I'm sorry. Fucking L.A. Knight is the worst knockoff of Rock and He's Austin. in WWE, though. Yeah. Well, oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, well, I hate him, too. He's another I hate L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight's great. Because he's so fucking corny. He's just trying to be a low-rent Rock. That's it. He cuts promos trying to be like him. It's corny. Come up with something else. So... AEW, I would actually, like, if it becomes free, I think I would like to try just because I, but once again, I don't know the roster, like, almost at all. So it would be very much like when I got WWE 2K13. And other than, like, the legends I knew, I was introduced to a lot of folks. Part of the reason why I like Dolph Ziggler so much is because of that game. I didn't know who he was, and I was like, he has an awesome moveset. You're, you're going to know watching Jer- him. You're going to know Jericho, Punk, uh, Danielson, Cody Rhodes, and that's like it. I'm actually surprised you know who Orange Cassidy is. I know him. I I mean, I let's put it this way. I know the um, Danhausen. Oh, Danhausen is he in that game? I hope he is. Yeah, he is. Um, I know him because he was on uh, that that last drive-in as yeah, a guest one time. He's big on Twitter too. So yeah. Um, and I know the guy who I think is overrated. What's his name? Kenny Omega or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the guys who runs the company. Yeah. So here's the deal: if it's a fun game, a fun game's a fun game, right? So. Yeah. All right, Chambers. So what's the next question? All right, from Leo. In honor of the Polygon Hottest Animal article, what is the hottest video game character? Ooh. See, this is one I can get behind, Jabers. Um, Literally? Metaphorically? Eh? 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 I mean... What guy are you picking, Brock? T- I, I would go... Well, let's be safe like we were last time. We gotta be careful. I uh, See, I'm gonna go very simple. Just because... You know, do you go Lara Croft? Do you go um, Jill? Do you go... Well, no, you probably got to go something more extreme, right? So... Hmm. Right, just pick the Rouge to bat. We know it's what you're going with. Who? Rouge. Rouge. From Sonic. The Batgirl with the big tits. Oh, God damn it, Jim. Damn it. What? He's with the animal theme. Then why wouldn't I just go Lady D? At that good? I, I could. Um, yeah. Even though I think Ooh, her like no, blind oh. helper is hotter. Um, no, I would go with uh, the blonde um, from Tekken, uh, Nina. Oh yeah, Williams. that's a good one. Probably go with her, Cammy, or is it Cammy or Tammy from Street Fighter? Cammy. Yeah, go with one of them. 
That 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 wind pose. That was a whoo. That, that, that was a thingy for young Jimmy. Oh boy. I was like, that's, yeah, that's I, a butt right there. I mean, shit. Like I think about back to fighting games. Sonya Blade is always obviously she's up there, but she's she's always been fairly tame. Um, but yeah, I would probably go with one of those two. How about you, Chambers? Who, right. Right. Didn't want like stuck in. You didn't want like Mortal Kombat Nine, Molina, who's basically wrapped in bandages. Here's the deal. Hey, she keeps that mask on. I'm not saying it's a go, but it's yeah, a go. Even with the mask off, I'm like, you know what? I can look past things. Damn it, Jim. <laughs> but what if she bites it off? Well, it's a it's a new way to make it disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Like, all right. I, I, I was always been, I was always really big <clears throat> on Resident Evil Three, Jill. Like that's my favorite like yeah. outfit, like the hairstyle, which is like the hairstyle I love in real life anyway. Like just all of it together, I was like, <laughs> no. You know who sells me from Jill is uh, RE Five when she's in the purple suit. Oh yeah, that, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. All right, so let's do this. So nice they did it twice. Brought it back for Revelations. That's a good one too. Let me ask you this. All right, let's let's stick to four franchises. So favorite from Resident Evil? Are we both saying Jill? Or are yeah, we throwing? Jill. Okay, uh, and don't get me wrong, age is good too. Claire, oh, yeah. I don't care about, to be honest. Um, all right. No Street Rebecca Bry? No, no, no little waif? No. Uh, Street Fighter. Are you going Cammy like me? Yeah, it's got to be Cammy. You get, you get that ass right there. Mortal, Com- Mortal Kombat. Are we going? Let me think. Who is our Sonya, Katana, Jade, all that? Melina. Brian, I can do Metatron, whatever the fuck her name was from Eleven. Metatron. Oh, the the bug woman. No, the oh the oh bitch. the the one that looks like the the, one uh, the end. No. Um. Yeah, probably just. Oh, Cassie could maybe contender. Yeah, she's she's not bad. No, um, Shiva. I don't got four dicks, Jim. I only need right. I don't need four arms. Sounds like Quitter Talk, Brian. <laughs> um, right, three strangers. Damn it! And then Tekken. Well, are you going the Nina, or are you doing her sister? What's her Ooh, sister's name? Is it Anna? Anna? Uh, yeah. Ooh, I might be going Anna. I don't like. I don't love the short hair, Jim. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the short hair. Just like Resident Evil Three Gel. It's the same hairstyle, basically. Or had, unknown, had unknown's not bad either from Tech and Tag. The boss with the wolf spirit behind her. Ooh, I don't know her as well. I never, you know, I other than Tech and Tag two or three, I never played Tech and Tag. So there's never a three. So you might have played two. Mm. Yeah, I that's one that passed me by. I only stuck to the regular numbers. But now I'm Nina all the way for that. See, good. I like a question like that, Jim. Not animals. I want to fuck. I mean, if you want to be boring, Brian, then you can like questions like that. That's fine. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Next up from Burn Retinas. Kind of stolen <clears throat> from a post I saw on Twitter, but what's a game you find incredibly average but find yourself playing or have played more than you thought? Easy for me, Fighting Force. Especially when we went back and reviewed it. I was like, man, this game's a lot more mid than I remembered, but I played the absolute dog shit out of it back in the day. I do love that game. Um, 
average game. Because I don't want to use that as the answer. Um, you got to have some, like, horror game that you know is, like, kind of nothing, but you still played the hell out of it. I do, but... You know what? I'll go a little more controversial. Not super controversial, but I'll say the um, the Final Fight games. I played the hell. I mean, I enjoyed them. I don't think they're amazing, but I used to play the ever-loving shit out of them, especially back in the day. I think it's just because I had it. You even kind of like Streetwise. That's one of the few games I ever returned. I mean, for that couple minutes we played it, I didn't think it was bad as you. You, I, I think you it. gave like two hours tops, and then we went back the same day. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. I was like, this is utter dog shit. I think it was just because you sucked at it. I didn't mind it because I was pretty good at it. But now I, I feel like Final Fight is one of those games. It's like just fine. And when the conversation comes up, maybe I don't know them as well as I do. I feel like it's a. I feel like there's so many better choices for beat 'em ups that whenever it gets thrown in top ten, if it's not just for historical importance, that's one I always kind of go. Eh, it's, it's okay. So yeah, that that's that's one I kind of feel like is kind of mid tier. That's fair. I can go with yeah. that. Next up from Jimmy Mook, what are some of your favorite sequels in video game series, preferably ones that are in a numbered series? Easy for me is Resident Evil 2. Yeah, I mean, oh shit, Star Fox 64 isn't a numbered series, really. Um, like Mario Kart 64, uh, Streets of Rage 2. Streets of Rage 2, yeah. Star Fox 2. Would you say, I, I still Starcraft haven't 2. played it, but everyone says Silent Hill 2. Yeah, Silent Hill 2, Silent Hill 3, they're both great. Um, Would you I mean, say CODs? I mean, they're not numbered, but... They're not numbered. Yeah, but I mean, the original shit, Black I've... Ops was my favorite, but Black Ops Two was really good. Black Ops Two is very good. Black um, Ops Three was pretty good, even though that's when we're like you know, very much waning off. Yeah. Um, I think it's a fair question. You and I asked this before. I mean, like I mean, Super even Mario going back Three, to fucking Tekken. You say like Tekken Three. Or... Tekken Three, Super Mario Three, arguably best in the series. Um, Legend of Zelda is not, except for a second one, there's not, they're not really numbered. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because just like movies, I think there's a strong case that there are a lot of sequels that way surpass game. Like, I think in gaming, sequels commonly surpass the original. Yeah, because you learn from the mistakes of the original, you build upon it, you improve upon it. Sometimes you can save a franchise with a sequel, sometimes you can kill a franchise with a sequel, but... Why do you think that's not the same case with movies? Why is it so much more lightning in a bottle? I think with movies, not to say that you have to be more creative with them, but like I think it's easier to make like it always seems like something that's like new and big and crazy for a movie it just like came out of nowhere. And it well, that is what lightning in a bottle is. But like, you know, if you're trying to recreate that magic of the first one, a lot of the times it's like impossible to do. Yeah. No, that's true. No. Whereas with the game, like you can improve mechanics and graphics that, and yeah, shit like that. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Yeah, um, I think there's lots of great ones. Obviously, of course, I'll go that horror route. But shit, Street Fighter Two, MK Two. Yeah, you know those. <clears throat> so yeah, there's. I think there's tons of examples of that one. But for me, my favorite, 
probably still I would put Resident Evil 2 because like I said the hype I had after discovering Resident Evil 1 and playing that demo and oh these all these different endings like I couldn't believe how much it opened up the world of Resident Evil back at when I was a kid so yeah solid answer there's a fuckload to pick from Last up from Alex Perez. What are some of your favorite co-op retro games? Also, why do you suck so much at Tetris 99, Jim? We don't have to answer that part. <laughs> Jim, answer the question. I can't <laughs> perform under pressure. <laughs> Maybe you just need to be sitting on a cake. <laughs> Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Best retro. I don't want to give this simple answer of Streets of Rage 2, but like. like every it, time. I think uh, I've used that for like four of these questions this I week. I know. Well, let's put it this way. So, Contra, you know, Contra's up there. Contra's definitely up there. You know a game I do love to play, but we still haven't beaten it. I feel most people don't. Is Zombie Ate My Neighbors. I love to play that, but yep. never going to beat it sitting there as a couch co-op. So um, goddamn hard. And then you got to like strategize who picks up what. Yeah, I really I do love that game as a couch co-op. I think Gunstar Heroes would be fun co-op, but I've never played a co-op. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to just think of ones we've actually done. Because you could do any... Like Turtles in Time, it's a classic, but... Yeah. Any of the arcades, the Simpsons arcades, the X-Men arcades, they're all all fun. Those are ones that are definitely better with people, because they are boring as dick with by yourself. thousand percent. Army of Two. (laughs) Army of Two, you know what? I think that should be our answer, because that is an uns... Like, one, the series is dead. And yeah. two, like, that's just one no one goes back to talk about. But that was such a goddamn fun co-op time. Yeah, I mean, that's another one. If you try to do the single player, it's miserable. It's not that fun. Like, not I that it that. plays bad. Yeah. But the fun comes in when you play with someone else. Yeah, it's definitely way more fun <clears throat> with someone else. Dude, that was, like, one of those ones I played when I was still in my game hunting or uh, achievement hunting achievement. phase. Yep. So, like, I went back and I played it again on fucking professional by myself. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, you know what? But my answer, and I usually do this when we talk about Dead? You're doing Left 4 Dead, aren't you? Can you argue that there's a more fun co-op we've had when we're all together? Especially because you're all usually on the same team, and you're zombies, and you fuck up as the tank, and we gotta save your ass. (laughs) Jim's never gonna pick that because he fucked up. I don't want to be the tank. Don't make me the tank. Matt, Matt, don't hit the witch. Don't hit the witch. Dude. Shotgun, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know, Left 4 Dead. It, it, it's like, is that generation like the last good one for co-op? It is couch co-op, especially like that. 360 sealed sealed that tomb. It like had so many great games. Like still had some Halos that people were still doing. It had Call of Duties, Left 4 Dead's, Army of Two. There were so many games. Like there was that one weird prison game where you had to play like. They made so many games meant to be couch co-op. Gears of War. That's a great series to play. But slowly, slowly, it was just like, just play it, you know, virtually, virtually. And nowadays, the idea of, like, telling someone, let's let's do couch co-op games. Like, why? I get to sit in my room and we can play virtually. I think that that's the last gen that you're going to We're going to see it for sure. Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to think of something. Yeah. No, I love that question. Though. Good one. Yep, and that wraps up the Patreon questions for this week. So once again, thank you to everyone for all the support out there. Make sure to head over to Patreon, get those, sign up for it, get those tiers, check out the rewards. We have bonus episodes, bonus podcasts, bonus segments, game review requests, movie review requests, and 
just random other stuff we throw up there. So definitely check it out. And speaking of checking it out, we are on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Make sure to head on over to any one of them. Give us subs, give us reviews. It helps out the page. Thank God we didn't care about keeping up with Stitcher because Spotify is buying everything. It doesn't matter anymore. Just do one of those three. Thank you, guys. We truly, truly appreciate it. Now, Chambers, <clears throat> you got an article here that is relevant to us and in something that I'm actually kind of excited about. From I am, too. This, <clears throat> this hits close to home, and I'm like, yeah, I want to do this. <clears throat> from the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, Philly's only surviving revolutionary-era dive bar will soon be opening its doors again. Now, Jambers, what's the name of this place? Right. It is called A Man Full of Trouble. And it used to be back in the days when there was only about 101 taverns and there's about one bar for every 160 citizens. I was going to say, it isn't only 101 taverns. There were no. 101 taverns in a city in, limit that was much smaller <clears throat> than it is now. And Philly's yeah. not a big city, like, no. size-wise. But back then, like, it was a fraction of what it is now. And they had 100 fucking taverns. So, like, you know, Philly, like any city, especially East Coast, drinking taverns, huge thing. And and if you ever do get to visit Philly, I will say there is walkable, very good areas. And you do get a lot of these really classical redstones like this building is. Um, and I love this because there are other buildings that have survived from the, um, the revolutionary times. So I love that there's a random ass dive bar. And the story that's out, we're not going to outline the entire thing, but basically this place has been shut down for decades. And then a guy... Over Dan almost Wheel like 100 years. Yeah, it's like crazy how long it's been shut down. Um, but basically this guy, Dan Wheeler, who's like been watching on this forever, finally got a call that they were going to be selling it. And he jumped at the chance to buy in. Did you see how much he spent for it, Jambers? Uh, I did read it, but it's been a while. What was it? 875000 right? Yeah. So, yeah. not cheap. Now, granted, given its area in Philly, that is a... It's, uh, I'm not going to call it hoity-toity, but like you definitely know people are going to be willing to spend money. It's a historic building. There's lots of reasons. Well, it's like... Well, this was... The building was established in 17-fucking-59. Yeah. And, like, this was a dive bar back then. Like, this is where, like, the low-class people went to, like, get their drinks after working on the docks or in factories and shit like that. Yeah. And, like, given the location, like, anyone who, like, reads the article, outside of Philly, you're not going to grasp just how much of a miracle it is that this building is still here. It's like, shit. It is surrounded by new construction. It's kind of the only building on its side of the road. And through, like, a random happenstance of, like, just being there and shut down and then having a private owner. And then for a while it was like, it's been owned by the university of Penn for like a long ass time. And it was like kind of a museum. But then even then they just like stopped using it for a little while. It was like, uh, almost like a hotel, like almost like an Airbnb for like guests of like speakers that they would have at Penn. Like yeah. all these weird circumstances that just kept this old ass building there. And I'm a sucker. Jim and I've said we're both suckers for history. I love it, and, you know, they have some cool photos, like, uh, they have a replica of, like, a colonial-aged uh, caged bar, which basically the bar... I love cages. it, I love it, I love it, I love that they have it, the caged bar. Just yeah. enough that they can close it for the ruffians back in the day. Yes. <laughs> and, and to keep them out of the fucking booze. It's so cool. So, I can't wait to see this being 
done opened i definitely am going to have to be visiting that and it's funny because the guy even says he's like this isn't a place that you're going to take your date like this was a dive bar by all means so it's really like you just go there you, you get some cheap beers and that's it so I, i'm curious how much they actually try to keep historic or at least i know they can match with historic materials um but i love it like do you think they're going to go all out though and theme all of the beers or is it just going to be like probably all local yards and whatnot beers? I, I think the article said they're teaming up with like a microbrewery so like it's not going to be like like i want it to be like i want to serve all the old like i want it to be yingling and natty bow and like bring back or leaves like just bring back the old shitty beer of old philadelphia that's what i want <laughs> but it's not what we're gonna get I mean, we, I'm sure it'll be some level, but yeah, I think you'll still see your fancy ones. Um, you know, Jim, here's my fear. We've said it how many times. We can never have nice things. Please, if you're going to go there, don't fuck this place up. <laughs> that's my own, it's the only thing I, I don't want to happen. Well, apparently it's only going to be have like very limited hours for the bar. Like, It's not going to be a place that's going to be open late at night and shit like that. Yeah. So, yeah. like, they're very much going to, like, keep it as only a couple hours a day. Like, you know, pour it out for parties and private events, stuff like that. Which is probably smart. You don't want, like, the random folk coming in there and fucking up a 300-year-old building. So, I yeah. get it. But you know what makes me the happiest about this is that <clears throat> this is a guy. It's something he just always loved, really wanted to do. This is, in essence, this is us. This is a nerd who's obsessed with something. It's like... He's getting to do that dream. So I, I love that. And like I said, I'm being a history nerd. I like that as well. So I can't wait to see this. You know, we got to go there. If we do, we definitely got to do a little vlog or something. Oh, yeah. we No, I want to go to this. We have to do it. Yeah. So, you know what? It's a little bit of good news coming out of Philly for once, Chambers. <laughs> for once. God knows we need it. <laughs> God knows no one wants to move here and make selling a house in Philly a real pain in the dick. Now, Jambers, on the other end of the Not world, that I would know. <laughs> on the other end of the world where the sun rises first. What's going on with your boy, Yuji you, Naka? What? Man of the Stars? Creator of Sonic? Well, Brian, uh, he got sentenced to two years in prison and fined 190 million yen in his insider trading scandals. Jim, how much is 190 million yen? Brian, I that, do know it. That is 100... One million three hundred forty-six thousand three hundred forty-nine dollars and fifty cents as of July tenth, twenty twenty-three, because it is a very variable scale. Yeah. So, Chambers, this is one of the times we've been following a story for a while, and we finally have a conclusion. I mean, we've speculated: is he going to get slapped on the wrist? Are they going to make an example of him? <clears throat> now, here's oh, a question. Oh, they made an example of him. Oh boy. But did they? Here's, like, we talked about this. Prison in Japan is much different than what we think of prison in the United States. Like, especially for a white-collar crime. Two years, it's not that it's a joke, but is it kind of like a... I don't know their their rules for parole. Like, is he going to really go in there, do six months, and then be able to get out on good behavior? Who's to say? But, yeah, I mean, because how much did he actually... What was it? It was basically insider trading, right? 
you know, it was insider trading, and I think he only made like what, like forty grand out of it, but or th- something that, like that. That's what I find crazy about. Or like, the, he, he only make... invested forty grand. Like everyone else around him was doing hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, he didn't do it the crazy amount, and it was on. Like yeah, it was such a random ass thing. So they're definitely like laying down the law on him. I still don't think it's like oh my god, but they're trying to make an example of him, and you know. Jim, call me crazy. I can't read the picture. That's quote tweet it. Oh yeah, it's all in Moonspeak. I can't read that shit. So, they, but they 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 translated it for us. Goddamn Moonspeak. But what is the picture, the guys? Oh, the picture on his phone is from uh, Fist of the North Star. Okay, because I was like, I don't get this. But uh, do you think there's gonna be lots of Sonic fanboys that actually feel bad about this? Yes and no. I'm sure they're kind of torn, but they're like it's been going on for so long now, and Yuji Naki's been kind of a dick forever. That like, I think the Sonic fandoms moved on. They appreciate what he did, but they're like, ah, fuck that guy. Would this ever happen, Brian? He was dishonorable. Damn it, Jim. Well, here's my question: Do you think the same thing happens to a major, you know, call it whatever, big shot at Nintendo? Like Which if somebody one? if somebody at Nintendo of his level did this, do you think the same reaction is going to be had? Oh my god! I mean, to be like at his level though, like there's not a ton of people left in Nintendo at that level. It would have to be like Miyamoto, and like God knows that's not going to happen. <laughs> never say never. I mean, is he basically president of Japan at this point? <laughs> I think he has more power. <laughs> they're, they're not going to Shinzo Abe, uh, fucking uh, Miyamoto over there. It's too loved. Could you imagine it would be kind of funny, though, you know, Yuji Naka goes there and, like, the prisoners are like, yeah, your game sucks. Mario's better. Like, just talking <laughs> shit to him, like, you know, like, throwing blue shit at him. Like, like <laughs> I oh, don't know. Look at me. I'm wearing a hat. I'm in Bound Wonderland. <laughs> so, Jim, can we close the book on this one? I guess for now, unless there's some kind of Japanese appeal process I don't know about, but it seems pretty cut and dry. What if he digs his way out like like a hedgehog? <laughs> Could he be the next Japanese Andy Dufresne? You tell me. <laughs> he wasn't my friend. I'd like to tell you he won. But that's not what happened. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody's gonna get that. <laughs> so. Everyone's gonna get that. Everyone's seen fucking Shawshank. Everyone in our viewership group has seen Shawshank. What are you talking about? You mean that four percent female audience, Jim? <laughs> no, I'm talking about that zero percent eighteen to twenty-five group. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Oh, Chambers. All right, four percent well. female. What fucking good day was that? <laughs> Jim, have hope. <laughs> those poor girls click on a video, then it's one of those ones where I go, look at the tits on this one. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Why don't they stick around? Fuck. All right, Chambers. Speaking of not sticking around and some bullshit, uh, there is a random ass collaboration that I don't think anyone, even if you went to a fortune tower, would have been able to see coming. Between Atari and Play Maji who is also the makers of the Polymega. Um, Really interesting article from... Global Newswire. Yeah. Um, It outlines basically what this strategic collaboration would involve. 
Uh, obviously, one of the first things they would do is add modules to the Polymega to bring over um, some of the Atari systems. But it would also, and this is a part I don't get. It's saying it would bring Polymega to the VA, v, is it v, VCS. VCS, yep. So what does that mean? That's a part I don't really get. All right. So do you know what the VCS is? I thought that wasn't it. It's the um, the console, right? Yeah. So this is the console they Atari released in like two years ago. I want to say now, and I, I think it's like a Linux-based console, and it's all cloud. Like it's no physical shit to put in there. Um, all digital, I should say. And it had all That's these different thought, game yeah. services you could put on there, and like people fuck with it, and like they kind of think it's cool. And like it has like a whole bunch of Atari games on there. Ooh, sure. But um Yeah, like you could run a lot of different services on there and emulators and shit like that. But like it was one of those ones that was in like development hell, kinda like the Polymega, where everyone was like, Oh, this will never come out at this point. And then it just randomly came out. Yeah. Actually, I think like over the past Christmas they were like liquidating them for like ninety nine bucks. And there was a little while where I was like, shit, I might pick up a VCS and then I went, I'll never use it. So I didn't. But so adding the Pi Mega app, like I guess it's kind of cool. They're like all their basically their proprietary emulators you can throw into VCS, and if you have the ROMs, and you can play all these games on there. So I guess that's cool. Well, we talked about the Pi Mega. It was earlier this year when they released. Basically, they're like, if you have the Pi Mega, you get the app for free on your phone and other services. So yeah, they have the app. They have the cloud software. So. Yeah, it does expand. The, the weird thing is, though, aren't you kind of creating competing things? Like, So with this collaboration, aren't you going to basically be like, well, do I want to have the VCS and just stream all the shit? Or do I want to have the Polymega and have to buy the extra modules to do Atari shit? Well, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense for Polymega people because the Polymega is a thing that's never going to be like commercially on store shelves. Yeah. Where the VCS kind of was a little bit. Like, it was in some stores, and it was in some GameStops and crap like that, so it had a little bit more of, like, a public reach to it. Yeah. Um, it's uh, VCS is definitely way cheaper, so it's Goo! more accessible that way. I just looked up the price of a VCS. What are they? Uh, 330 or what? 250 Like, on, oh a, on Amazon, it's 330 but if you go directly to Atari, it's knocked down to 225 right now. Damn, I should have bought one when they were 90. Oh, well. Now, now, now granted, <clears throat> I don't know how many different models. This one's just the VCS all-in bundle. So Yeah, there, there's ones that, like, come with, like, a bunch of different controllers. There's ones that just come with, like, the uh, reproduction of the old-school controller, but, like, you know, Bluetooth and crap like that. Yeah, that's what this one comes with, two controllers and the old-school-looking console. So... Yeah, I, think, they, I think some of them come with, like, more preloaded games or services. I forget what the breakdown was. I did not know it would be that expensive. But it's funny because we were talking, um, when I saw this article, I was like, let me look up the Polymega. I still can't, for the life of me, find, like, actual sales numbers on it. Um, have you heard anything? or any? Have you seen anyone who's actually bought this, tried it out? I mean, because at this point, they also have modules for playstation and n64 so i didn't think they did back when it first came out i don't i don't think they did when they first came out so they must have added that later yeah so well for playstation they always had the disc drive so they didn't really need a separate module 
I mean, here's the deal. I still like the, I really do like the idea of Polymega. If you're someone who has a huge physical collection, it does make sense. Like if, if the emulation works well. And I thought this is one of the ones that did get good reviews as far as how it emulated. Yeah, like, like the Polymega is kind of a thing where you never heard anything about it. Like after two weeks after it finally got into people's hands. Yeah. The people who use it seem to like it, but it's a thing that literally no one talks about. Like, because it's just it's just too it's it's that niche thing that's a little too expensive. And it and it came out too late. That's the problem too. Yeah, but you know, hey, as far as hopefully that fart did not come through. Well, now when I listen back, you know I'm going to turn up the volume all the way. So I hope it does. You better. Um, but you know, hey, I'm a fan of collaborations. You know. Like the mega powers, you gotta love it when two random things come together. This is one Angela where it's White like, and Hitomi Tanaka. You know, two, two, two rights making a double right. But is this one anyone was asking for? <laughs> That's I, why I, it's so random. <clears throat> like, like my biggest thing was like, why? It's like one niche console that no one bought, and another niche console that no one bought having a baby to be more niche of nothing i still think like no v- one's gonna go buy a fucking vcs because it's like who are the Pimeg apps on there like no one cares but i feel like that the people who did buy between these two consoles the vcs owners win because now they're just getting oh, yeah. more emulation for free essentially whereas you still have to shell out and how much were, were those modules going for oh they were fuck they were like 90 bucks a piece at least yeah now and and the, and modules, the base console was like uh, 250 350 i forget it was something expensive so the module will add atari 2600 and atari 7800 like yeah listen i know there's collectors for everything do you think there's a lot of 7800 collectors out there physical? the 7800 only had like 60 games for it too so even more so it's kind of like that seems a little nutty, but you know what? I'm for it. If the Polymega keeps teaming up with folks, keep getting more modules like do and television, turbo graphics. Like just do do all the modules. Maybe you can try to go on a real console too that someone will actually use. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe go fuck yourself. Maybe I'll do that, that later. Got to sleep somehow. Maybe I'll play some Divine Ceiling, and you can find out why for as little as $1 a month over at Patreon.com. Not drink a bear, play a game. Well, Jim, speaking of that game, and pulling out, Sega is pulling out. I hate that I don't hate this transition. (laughs) You see what I did there? So, So, Sega, we actually covered, you know, there's a lot of game companies out there who have been dipping their toes in the crypto and blockchain but now sega is fully pulling out from blockchain gaming as uh as everyone's calling it the crypto winter persist that was such a goddamn obvious bubble in my opinion that some companies jumped on right away went balls deep into it just like buying amc stock a little too high and (laughs) not saying that anyone here would do that I was not an AMC boy, but I was a crypto boy, and that fucked me worse. 
Yeah, so Jambers. Sega seems to be one of the first biggest ones to pull out of this idea. Yeah, How many do you think are going to follow? Because like the biggest ones who were like very all about it were like Ubisoft, Sega, Square Enix, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I think and, there was a few other small ones, but yeah, those were the three biggies. Yeah, and Square Enix, I think, is still really into the idea. Ubisoft, I think, is still trying to push their like proprietary shitcoin kind of idea. And Sega's just going, yeah, I don't think we're doing this anymore. So I guess kudos to I'm actually apparently now the fucking article is paywalled by Bloomberg, but I'm mm-hmm. sure you can find it somewhere else. But uh, I mean, I guess kudos to Sega for doing that, and also Sega's not really in the position to be making people have faith in them to buy a shit coin to fucking <laughs> have game content. Well, it's just <clears throat> Sega's the king of bad ideas and bad decisions. I feel like. And yep. that was just like, why don't we just keep following this path down? Um, like most technologies. Look, look, let's put it this way. If even Sega can see the writing on the wall that this is not viable, it's time. Time to give it up. You know what it is, Jim? It's kind of like in uh, <clears throat> Batman Begins. And in Wayne Industries, they had Lucius Fox at the bottom, kind of just as a shadow department. But then when shit actually was needed, he could he could manufacture it. So all these, if somehow blockchain crypto truly, truly takes off and it starts doing it, I do think most of these big companies should have something really low level being worked on just in case it pops off. But the way some of them dove into it was just like, you're getting a little ahead of yourself. Yeah. I mean, like, and we're not talking like Sony, like making a whole VR headset no one wants or buys to keep your foot in the ground. Yeah. I mean, like, you can make some dumb fucking NFTs and just be like, oh, hey, we're still around with this shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, not fully push it or implement it in the games and crap. But, yeah, even, I mean, even, Se- even fucking Sega. Wow. They're like, even them going, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, like, they have the most hardcore of fan bases that will buy any bullcrap you put in front of them. You make some Sonic NFTs, those Sonic NFTs would sell. Even sure. they said no. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I hope the writing's on the wall for folks. I mean, crypto's a cute idea. Got some people rich. Lost most people money. But, you know, with the gaming shit, we already hate microtransactions. We hate DLCs. We don't need to add another layer of financial bullshit to just complicate what should be just a form of escapism. Sometimes people like Jim just want a game they can fap to. That's all they need. Simple man. Simple man <laughs> with simple needs, Brian. God damn. Hey, look, Brian, I can sit here and crap on the Sonic community all I want, but I need to go and crap on the fighting game community. Mm-hmm. So this is actually a little bit of an older story, but it was just posted in the Discord. And you know what? Brian, we're starting a new segment. We have gamers mad all the time. Today's gamers glad. Can't be negative all the goddamn time, Brian. Because this is a feel-good story if I've ever fucking seen one. So, last year, 31-year-old dad with two full-time jobs and limited practice beats pro, a pro-Tekken god. So, uh, this is Joshua Bianchi, who's uh, from Italy. His gamer tag is Gerlanda. I guess that's how you say it. So, he made it to the top eight of the Tekken World Tour Global Finals in 2022. And to get there, he went through like a murderer's row of former Evo champions and top-ranked Tekken players and like reigning uh, Tekken World Championship champions and shit like that. 
and he got like he was had to do this in a round robin and he made it to the top eight as a guy who works two jobs is a dad and only plays like when he has the time to he doesn't sit there like the rest of the fighting game community like autistically learning split second pixel perfect like timing and decisions and combos just a guy just a real ham and egger brian doing it for the <laughs> common man <laughs> well jambers let me it's this is a good story let me start with that <clears throat> first problem i have he didn't win no well Gonna shit on brian no no. Gonna shit on the poor eye tie? Poor little Dago? You can't have... Pasta marinara? Can't have it all? You can't have two full-time jobs. And you know what? As someone who's worked with a lot of people who have worked overseas in Italy, to them a full-time job is like, eh, I spend six hours doing something. And then I nap a lot. And then... It, so... What? He makes his pizza in one shop, takes a nap, and makes his pizza in another shop. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is a heartwarming story. It is one of those deals where... <clears throat> esports is in an interesting spot and i know it's been around long enough but just like any sport i think there is an idea you can get in your opponent's heads and these guys who that first guy that took a l to this dude probably set the tone for the other ones like am i really gonna lose to a dude who doesn't do this full time and they kind of get in their own head and it can it really can fuck you up like in sports that's why shit talking can be very effective if you get in the opponent's head you know you you fold under pressure all the time that's why you don't win tetris 99 <laughs> you know i can't argue that right now and and this guy you know he he's he's got he's going there he's got absolutely nothing to lose it's he's the rocky story if you will you know he just wants to show that he can contend you know and that's really what it is. Everyone loves an underdog story. He's got a family. He's got these jobs. Um, and he kicked these guys' asses. I'll be honest. Every time I've ever decided to try to watch competitive fighting games, I don't think I've ever seen a person that I actually like. Like, they all have a very antisocial, like, I, I don't know. There's an attitude I don't like there. So, some... He, he I can't, I, I can't stand these sports players. I can't stand any of them. I, I can't sit through the competitions. Like, it's just like, that. it's just that level of, like, turbo nerd that even I look at and I just go, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. So that goes to my question, to your point. Like, all right, so this is a guy, yeah, he's, he's, is it just that he's probably that good at reaction times? Or is he just in such a flow state that he just hit that perfect moment of like hitting these guys weaknesses like what do you think it really is it, you could just say he's just good and whatever but i i do always say there is a level of luck to these things too right oh i mean like any sports like you can be like pretty good at what you do good enough to be at the pro level and it's like sports here you can get hot at the right time and you can ride that wave it's really fucking far like big like dick last nick year. like big dick nick Fucking taking out Tom Brady in the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> Even the Phillies last year, like they were, they were not a World Series team, but they made it to the World Series because they got super fucking hot at the right yeah. time. So you know what? They really shouldn't have been there, but you know what? During the course of the season, you never would have thought they would have made it there. They barely made the playoffs, and then all of a sudden, bam! Yep. Looked like world beaters until it all came crashing down. And but so, re re I mean, yeah, but. You know, I love stories like this. I think it is interesting. I guess here's my question. Because the people who train for these things, like you said, that 
micro level of nerdism and they're so obsessed. I bet if you put them on a random day against someone who's a little more casual flow state, like and is good, like this guy, they might get beat more often than you think. You know, like it, it's it's like putting anyone. In, there are certain specialties that there is no chance of this ever happening. But in a, in a video game, in a sports situation, everyone can have a bad day. And that's why I said that being that last guy that they have in here that he beat, like in his mind, he's like, this guy should not just beat two of the world's greatest goddamn players. What the fuck? So there's definitely probably a little bit of a panic in his mind versus when you're always playing the top, 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 you know, you're coming in there with a different mentality. It's like how dudes get knocked out all the time in MMA. They're not taking the opponent that serious. And then they're like, oh shit, he just hit me. What the fuck is it? Like, that's just what happens. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, like I said, I do like the story. It's a positive, it's a positive note, Chambers. Yeah, it's not even like what do you call it? like when DSP like made it to like the top of uh, Evo that one year with the PlayStation only port of like Super Turbo or some shit like that, and DSP became DSP. It's just like nice, nice wholesome man. Who's, you haven't heard anything since about him being bad or anything like that. Who's DSP? I Dark know. Side Phil. Which which one was he who had his moment that I hate? Ah, oh, oh, I mean his most infamous moment is him. Uh, for getting to turn off his camera to start beating off after a stream. I you you've told me this so many times. That's why when you said that, I was like, all right, which 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 one is this yeah. one? I'm so glad that you know the name just enough. You're like, I know it from somewhere. I, I know it's something. I, bad. I, I like I I it wasn't completely foreign to me. I just didn't know which one this was. I don't ever want to see that. But is there any chance that it wasn't real? No. Oh, God damn. No, it was real. Have you seen it? it? It's Dark Side Phil, Brian. He's I, been a low cow for 16 years in I, running. I, and listen, I'm never getting... There's not any interest in me actually watching that clip. But like, I mean, it, you don't see anything. You just see his head go... <clears throat> it's so fucking funny. God damn it, Jim. <sighs> Brian, you know what? This is why I don't live stream. When you're on the Krusty Corner, you can't take these risks. Or maybe you should. You tell me. I could use this. No, I don't, no, I don't even know, Ryan. <laughs> Jim, I mean, do you want that new Vectrex or not? Mm. Eh, when you're right, you're right. <clears throat> All right, Chambers, here's my question. If there's one tournament, and let's just throw out, I mean, it's got to be a competitive game. But if there's one tournament that, not saying you could win right now, but if you could choose that you actually would want to go on like this guy and win, what would you pick? It would have to be something like stupidly niche that like I've been playing my entire life. No, no, no. I'm not saying like, something you could. I'm saying like pick anything. It could be literally any fighting game, a MOBA, like something that you would love to just right now be like, yeah, I won the world tournament and blah. Oh, you know, like, I would love to do it with fucking... If I could have, like, been good enough to do it in StarCraft 2, like, I just never had the APM at all developed in order to, like, be somewhat competitive like that. But, like, I think it would have been so fun to be in that, like, kind of thing. To win. So that that would be the one you'd want to say. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, that was probably the most competitive online I ever got in, like, a ranked online competitive system. And even then, I think at my best, I was maybe very low Diamond League, if that... Which is like, which is like mid range, I guess. Mm. Yeah, but Jim, that's your training goal now. 
Be like this guy. You don't have to train all the time. You you got you got your job. You got to do your house. You're basically the same story, Jim. Yeah. Well, and like StarCraft Two is very much out of its heyday. But then I have to go against Koreans. This is what this guy did. That was, the Korean was the first guy he beat. It is true. I'm, I just, gotta, I'm just saying, Jim. I got to be the StarCraft Rocky. I guess that's what I got to do. Just saying. Remember Pearl Harbor. Just saying. I mean, it's not. It's not very cocky, Brian. I mean, I was gonna make the joke. I know, but I know you don't know the dark that. guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, JC, I, I was for sure gonna think you were about to say Tetris '99. <laughs> no, Brian. I think I think there's enough empirical evidence to say that I should never go into a competition. But wouldn't your Cinderella story be if somehow they they teamed up like the '99 best players in the world and you won that? Oh, yeah, that'd be the ultimate Cinderella story. <laughs> no, in my dumbass, though, like, I would enter that, somehow win miraculously, and then, like, take a heart attack on stage and not even get to enjoy it. <laughs> or the guy that, like, is, like, I'm stuck in, like, first place with, like, battling for first, he takes a heart attack, and then I can't even enjoy the goddamn win because it's, like, a technicality that I won. That'd be more my luck. Oh, I love, like, the little technicalities or bullshit that happens at these competitive, like, a guy like accidentally paused during a fighting game and it like caused this big rift. Like there's all these like little rules that like I will never know about, but I love watching his like top controversies in the Evo tournament. Like it, it, it's amazing. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, I mean, and you're just like, well, does anybody care? But like, then you realize like that level of fucking intensity for these stupid ass goddamn games. And they're there, but you know what? Let's raise our, our glasses to that, man. Good job. Being a dad, not having the time to do it. I salute you. Good job. You know what? You know what? You know what, Spaghetti Gabagool? Good for you. God damn it, Jim. He, he, uh, he, he makes me want to rewatch King of Kong. Fistful of quarters. Steve Weeb. <laughs> the man's man. Steve Weeby is a man's man. Goddamn Billy Mitchell. That fucking guy. <laughs> I, I gotta check in. I think there's been, like, a bunch of updates between him and, like, uh, Sue and, like, uh, Carl Jobst and shit like that. And everyone who talks yeah. shit about him. Uh, <laughs> Why doesn't he notice us? He can use notoriety. We haven't hated on him quite enough, Chambers. Right. I hear he's more of a cuck than Adam-22, so we can start spreading <sighs> that rumor. God damn it. You know, I found out who that, like, every once in a while, the shit that comes across me, I'm like, who is Adam-22? Then I click, and I immediately regret. I'm like, why? There are so many questions with that. Ugh. He's having the worst cope I've ever seen. Where now he just responds to everything, and like, like Elon like calling Zuckerberg a cock, and he's like, oh, he's like, oh, what's wrong with that? It's like, shut up. You're not gonna own this. Well, he's definitely trying way too hard. For- he's I- trying way too hard to own it and be like, <laughs> it doesn't affect me. At the end of the day, anyone willing to do that, yeah, you got mental issues. Like, th- it's that simple. That's not a thing you do. I'm giving it a year. Divorce in a year. Because he was saying on his show, he was like, you know, I was saying, you know, like, basically, like, you know, this could be just be the one time. It's like, yeah, you let it happen once. That ain't going to be the only time. I mean. It ain't going to be the only time at all. I didn't know who he was, and then I figured out he's on this thing. No jumper. Like, so do you think he clearly probably makes some money, right? Oh, no. No jumper is huge. The network's huge. He's also had his fair share of controversies. Everyone's saying this might be a cover-up for him maybe trying to bang in a 16-year-old or something like that, so... Ooh. 
Yeah. Oh, so he seems like a real stand-up dude. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> so you know what? Go let your wife get thick down. Who cares? I don't feel bad. I think it's funny. God, I hope she fucks Boogie. Oh, God, do I hope she fucks Boogie. <laughs> God damn it, Jim. Ah. <laughs> oh, I don't even... Celebrity boxing. Fuck celebrity boxing. Dude, that Boogie... Who did he fight again? Oh, Wings of Redemption. God damn it, that thing was... They're just throwing it out there for everyone, aren't they? I mean, that's the that's the locale showdown of the lifetime, Brian. God. And, I mean, even in Boogie's credit, he's like, man, I just got in enough shape to be able to stand up for that long. I didn't do any training to fight. I got my ten grand, And I was but, like, you know what? I respect that. There are some people I wouldn't mind going and doing that against. You know who. Pat Conchie, if you're out there, fight Brian. <laughs> he never would. Are you kidding me? Shit his pants. Oop. Oh, thrown down. Ah, <laughs> uh, James. And I think there's people I think you should go against. <laughs> you stay tuned for next episode when we call out Jim's opponents. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm so lovable. I love everybody. I'm loved by all. Uh, with that, Chambers. Except for the thousands of accounts that block me. With that, Chambers, how was that beer? How did it treat you? You know what? It is pretty goddamn good. Um... For like a hazy, you know, Brian, it was it was the dank strawberry. I gotta say, the, the dank strawberry came through. All right, you're my first opponent. <laughs> but no, I mean, like it was, it kind of just tasted like a hazy IPA, very citrusy. But it's one of those ones that like had a good enough flavor where it really wasn't hoppy at all, but it wasn't like overly citrusy either. Where it was like mm. astringent and shit like that. Like it had a very good balance to it. So. Nice. Like I know, like for a lot of these hazy IPAs or Imperials, I go, eh, if you've had one, you've had them all. But I'll definitely say that this is probably on like one of the higher ends. Nice. Yeah, it's nice to find a little bit of a unique something out there in the land of a million IPAs. Uh, the Medieval Wit. I can't recommend this enough. If you're lucky enough and you find it somewhere near you, give it a try. It is perfect for summer, even if it's hot out. The beer is not going to sit heavy. It doesn't, like, it just leaves that nice, like I said, little bit of citrusy orange flavor. And, and it just... Uh, it's, it's a perfect summer beer. So while there is a month or two left, get your hands on it if you can. So with that, guys, we want to say thank you all so, so much for watching. If you haven't already hit the no notification subscription, please do that. And if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, please hit subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. And if you want to leave us a comment, we will respond on each and every one of these Power Hour podcasts. With that, we want to say have a good night, everyone, and cheers. Cheers, everybody.